Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, I am so glad that you are here to hang out with me today for today's episode of Redefining Balance. Okay, I have to make a confession before we get started into today's episode. If you've listened to the last couple episodes, then you heard me talk about our nine-week summer challenge series and all of its goodness that it has for you. But here's the deal. It is now back down to seven weeks instead of nine, and here's why. In our Facebook community that we have for listeners of this show, someone had posed a question about homeschooling and being a working mom. Is it even possible? And there were so many comments on that thread of other people who are wondering the exact same thing. You know, with everything going on in the world that we live in, a lot of us are looking at homeschooling as maybe a better option for our kids. But as working moms and with so much on our plates, it can seem a little bit overwhelming. And where do you even start? And quite frankly, when I saw that comment, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I am in the exact same boat wondering what I'm going to do next year for my kids. So I decided, you know what? We are going to scrap the first two weeks of the challenge. We're still going to make the challenge amazing for you. But I felt like this was something that we really needed to address right now, like at the beginning of summer. So we have all summer to kind of pray about it and prepare for it and really think about if this is the best journey for us to be doing with our kids in the fall. So today I am joined by a special guest who is a expert at homeschooling. And you guys, I have to tell you, I researched a lot of experts around homeschooling and I chose Erin Berry for so many reasons. One, she is completely delightful. She has homeschooled all of her kids And they are college graduates holding down actual careers. Like she really knows what she's talking about. But before she decided to homeschool her kids, she was also a teacher. So she has that kind of experience from mainstream teaching and what that's like. Not saying that you have to have a teaching background to do homeschooling, but as she is coaching other people to be homeschoolers and really teaching curriculum and speaking on stages about it, she comes from a very holistic approach. Plus, everything she does is led by the Lord, which, you know, is amazing and really needed when we're looking at such a life change when it comes to this. And plus, you guys, when you start to listen to Erin, you are going to absolutely fall in love with her. She is so delightful and so full of information. I can't even tell you how much my interview with her truly blessed me and helped me feel a lot more confident about taking that journey of being a homeschool mom. Now, we're going to talk a lot about all kinds of things in this interview as far as like the pros and cons of homeschooling, the different types of homeschooling, all of that great stuff, what makes it different from like elementary school, from high school, like all of the details, the legalities around it. And at the very end, she walks us through a checklist of if you decide like, okay, I think this might be for me, what to do first, what to do second, what to do third. I mean, I'm telling you, if this is something that you are considering, this is a must-listen episode. I highly encourage you to share it with all of your friends because the stuff that Erin shares with us, it just is amazing. I can't say it enough. 
Now, like I said, Erin is very experienced when it comes to homeschooling. She is the creator behind the Home Educated Mind. She has a YouTube channel, really great resources, a lot of great free content available on her website as well. So I hope that you check that out. And even if you're not considering homeschooling, I still think that there is some value in the things that we discuss as far as helping to partner with your kids as they go throughout their education process, even in mainstream school. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's get into my interview with Erin Berry. Erin, welcome to the Redefining Balance podcast. I cannot even tell you how much of a blessing it is to have you here with us today. I cannot wait to learn from you and just to soak up so much wisdom. But before we get into all of your brilliance that you have to share with us, share with us a little bit more about who you are. All right. Well, I'm so passionate about, I guess I would say, families and children and education. I love to help families, you know, educate. And I think that this is why it's so great having you on the show with us today is because you are a mom of three. You've homeschooled your kids. Now, did your kids ever attend public school or did they only ever homeschool? So my daughter went to kindergarten for uh, four months. Okay. And then we pulled her out. Yeah. And so how did you get started on this journey of, of homeschooling and, and how did, how did that kind of come for you? Like when you decided to pull your daughter out, like, was it just like a, we're definitely homeschooling or was it something that you've always wanted to do? Or just talk to us a little bit about that process. All right. So there I was, I was passionate of, I was a teacher by trade. I loved school. I had a handful of friends who were homeschooling and I did not see the value in it. And honestly, I thought it was weird. And so I put my daughter in kindergarten and we were off. Well, the Lord had different plans. And the particular kindergarten she was in, it was a private kindergarten. Um, we were going to put her in the public school in, in uh, first grade. But there were a few things that happened there that I just, we didn't feel comfortable with. So I always say, um, the Lord tricked me into homeschooling. So we pulled her out. We pulled her out in January and we were just going to homeschool through the rest of the year and continue our plan of putting her in the public school the following year. But we loved it. And I was like, well, maybe just one more year, you know, so I could do first grade. So we started doing first grade and then we thought, well, maybe one more year. <laughs> And pretty soon, and here's the funny thing. So I was totally against it, but I'm the one now who is, you know, crazy about it. And that was it. My kids, that daughter graduated in 2010. Then my other sons both graduated, one in 2016 and one in 2013. So amazing. Amazing. I love that you say that God tricked you into it. I, it made me smile because I can't think of how many things God has tricked me into doing over the years. Oh my goodness. Yes. 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 And it's always a good thing, but it's always the things that we're like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then we end up doing it. I have learned. I no longer say I will never. Exactly. So talk to me a little bit. Let's start with kind of the basics of homeschool, because as you know, I, I asked you to come on the show and share your wisdom because it really came out of a need from our Facebook community 
that goes alongside Your Life Rocks. And um, a member had posted in there that they were considering homeschool and they were looking for help because they just didn't know where to start. And there were so many comments of so many other members that were in the same boat. And even myself, I'm thinking, is it going to be best to homeschool next year or is it not? Or like, can I even handle that? I don't know. And the more I started researching it, the more I found that there are so many different types of homeschooling and different ways of doing it, which makes it seem even more overwhelming. So can we start with kind of that foundation of the different types of homeschool that are out there? Right. So um, I will say now there really are so many options and that is a positive and a negative. Positive because it's just limitless. You can certainly find what you're passionate about, what fits for your family, but like you say, overwhelming at first. So I'm going to just talk about a few of the basic methods that you would typically hear about and just tell you a little bit about how to navigate and maybe identify them. So you're going to hear about things like you'll hear, well, and first, these are philosophies, right? They're sort of an approach to education. And so usually when you look at these, sort of ask your question like, how does this method view the child? How does this view the teacher? And how do they define or measure education? Those would be some basic questions you could sort of ask. Uh, as you look at them. But the top methods I would say are Charlotte Mason, classical education, unschooling, and traditional. And the funny thing is we call traditional what we do in the modern classroom right now, okay? Although it's probably the newest educational philosophy. But if I were to break it down just simply, Charlotte Mason, they sort of look at the whole child And their idea is to point them to beautiful art and great literature. And it's a little bit child-led. Like they put these things before the child and then the child sort of feeds their mind and through it kind of takes to heart what they've been given. So they sort of lay this feast before them and the child sort of, it's a little bit child-led, but the first food is kind of given by the teacher. Okay. All right. Whereas unschooling, unschooling is more like the child picks the feast. So it's, it's really student led. And a lot of times in unschooling, you'll see a lot less traditional curriculum. You know, the child might be interested in, I don't know, I'm saying cooking or whatever. And so then they, through that, they sort of follow the child's interests. But it doesn't mean that they don't teach them to read and write. It just is much more unstructured. And then the classical model, sort of similar to Charlotte Mason, you'll hear them talking a lot about virtue, beauty, truth. It's a bit more structured in the sense that the classical model will put those things before the child as well, but they have a process that they know how children learn, and so they follow that process. And they're very... Looking for, since they desire truth, you'll see a lot about like, they'll teach about debate and how to process information. So I guess they're a bit more process oriented. You'll often hear about grammar, dialectic, rhetoric. That's the process they go through in learning. And then, like I said, traditional, a lot like what you do at school, um, worksheets, textbooks. And they're looking for, in a mod, in a traditional school, you're looking for You're using the textbooks, the the worksheets, and you're looking for the child to retain the information. 
I would say Charlotte Mason and classical model, they're looking for the child to take that information and develop more thinking skills and coming out with their own ideas. I would say the classical model is a little bit stronger than the Charlotte Mason model on that, but basically same outcome. And then the unschooling, you know, like I said, they're just saying, find who you are. So that would be the four, that would be the four main that you might run into. But I did want to say, first of all, a lot of people will say I should, you know, they'll just do what they did at school at home. They'll pick their traditional model because it's what they know. And that's fine and find a start there. But it is actually, I would say, the harder method to teach because it's set up to be in a classroom, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other models are a little bit easier, a little less stressful, I would think. And then finally, you don't have to have it all figured out. You know, when I started, I had no idea. I just started. I got some books. And this is kind of an interesting thing you'll find. As you start to research curriculum, you find something you like, it works, you kind of, sometimes you attach then to that model. And that's what happened with me. I, um, I just started. There happened to be a classical one-day-a-week co-op uh, near us. We joined it, and I read about it, and just as life went on, just found, oh, I love this. And so, you know, sort of attached to the classical model. But that didn't mean that I didn't use some of these other ideas as well. I think that that is so much grace to be able to say, it's not like a, it's not like you're married to one of these no. paths and that's where you have to say. Now, my big question as you're bringing this up, which by the way, that clarification was gold for me personally oh, to be able to understand that. Um, and those four different types. So my kids are, one of them is graduating fifth grade going into middle school and the other okay. one is graduating middle school going into high school. Right. And as you were talking about those things, I was thinking, well, gosh, both my kids are naturally, I think, would do better with the either classical or the Charlotte Mason. I mean, they're, they're already kind of free thinkers. And we've had many parent-teacher conferences <laughs> because they're such free thinkers and they like to really understand and question and look for the truth. But if someone's been in public school for years, how is that transition? Because it is so traditional versus a different outcome that you're seeing in like the Charlotte Mason or the classical. Is that ever an issue that you see come up? Well, you know, as humans, we're far more flexible and adjust. We can adjust a lot more than we give ourselves credit. You know, they are all learning. And so your children, for example, now what are their names? Gage and Cody. Gage and Cody. Oh, I love it. So they've been learning for the last, you know, what, seven and 10 years or nine years. So they've been what they've been presented, they've been learning. So you're just presenting some things in a different way and they'll rise up. Now, is there a, an adjustment? Yes. They'll, there's an adjustment for you to be the teacher. There's an adjustment for the student to learn and to learn from home. And so we often recommend at the beginning, if, particularly if you're coming from another system, public or private, at the beginning, like if I were to do it to start it. I might begin with that first week just one subject, like to I'd sort of ease them into it. I'd also be considerate of maybe um, doing a teeny bit of unschooling at that beginning, just as you acclimate. Like, what are they interested in? What would they like to do now that they're out from something that dictated their every 
you know, everything they learned and everything they did. And then I would just slowly work with them. But I've had a lot of students, because I teach in a co-op and I work with a lot of students, and they adjust beautifully. Usually that first six months, a lot of learning and adjusting. But even when I say that, that's not always negative. It's just, you know, finding that flow, so to speak. And they do beautifully. Oh, that's so good to hear. Now, before we kind of get into some of the more specific questions that I have for you around being a a working mom and trying Mm -hmm. to manage all of this, because I think that that's probably the biggest fear. I mean, with a lot of my audience and including myself is, am I taking on more than I can handle? But before we get to that, share with us a little bit about the pros and cons of homeschooling. I know that's a really big question. Well, no, the reason I laugh is because, okay, first I just have to warn your audience. I am a major, I love homeschooling. So I'm a little biased, but I will do my best to be objective. (laughs) Um, But I just love the pros because one of the pros is that you get to be together as a family and your, the siblings get to be together. And I think that they tend to they have to work out their relationship. You know, sometimes when you're in another system, when they're separated, you know, they can almost live independent lives. So I think that's one of the advantages. I loved being able to look at my students, see what their interests were, and follow those, you know, as well, because you're, you're able to, um, you know, you have more time, right? And I also felt like because, you know, you can look at their skills and really focus on what they're strong at and what they're weak at, right? Because in the school system, I taught school for many years and you have a set schedule. You know, we had, when I taught third grade, for example, we had five weeks for multiplication. We took our first six weeks for review. And if I had a student who had multiplication down in a week, I had to say to the parent, you know, go ahead and do what you can to strengthen that. But we're we're here for five weeks because I had to sort of aim for the middle of the class. If they were struggling, I had to say, I'm sorry, you might need to find some tutoring, but we're moving on to division. But in homeschooling, what I appreciated was the ability to, you know, with my daughter, for example, like, so I was going to say, what was the ability to um, think about them and what they needed? So my daughter, often we would do that six weeks of review in, you know, a week. And then when she was in the third grade, for example, she struggled with time and money. And we were able to take more time till she really got it. Mm, Now, I am thinking here is a a con. You have to set the structure and you have to um, follow through and you have to be that teacher as well as parent. And so that is a learning right? And your children have to learn to respect you for that. You have to be comfortable to make that sort of demand and the structure part, because that is sometimes that can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that you bring that up as a con because that is a concern of mine is, you know, can I, like I said before, can I handle that? Can I handle taking on that role and working full time and doing all of the other things, you know, that life brings upon us? So can you talk for a moment just about kind of like the time commitment or what that looks mm-hmm. like from the, the teacher, the parent side of right. things? Right. And so the time commitment is different depending on the age of your children. 
So if your children are younger, I'm going to say zero, <laughs> zero to third grade, you know, like kindergarten, first grade, honestly, you can homeschool. Well, kindergarten, you can probably do in 30 minutes, elementary between two and four, and then junior high and high school, you're looking at a good four to six hours. Now, that's not necessarily you, but I'm saying it's going to take that amount of time, right? Because the curriculum's heavier, there's more, more to it. But it's still, and it's not every day, but you're, you know, the time commitment of getting those things done. Now, you as a parent would have to be very structured. If you're a working parent, work full time, you're going to have to really have a schedule, have, you know, deadlines more so than somebody who has all day every day, right? But I would assume as a working parent, you already do that. Mm-hmm. You already have to consider that because you've got to think, well, they got to get to school at this time and they got to get to ballet this time. So those would be things you would have to think about. As far as time commitment, just kind of also depends how you approach it. One of the beautiful things about homeschooling is there's not, you don't have to sit there with your child all day, every day. You could hire a tutor. They can take classes in person online. They can go to a co-op. Your older children, you know, you're going to explain assignments and set assignments, but a lot of it they're going to work through themselves. So it's hard to say the time commitment. It kind of depends also your approach. Are you wanting to be totally hands-on, you know? Mm, Yeah. And that's what I think is so appealing to me about homeschool is that it feels like it can kind of be whatever fits best for you and your situation and your family. But how does that work with like legally? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, I see. So you don't want to be arrested. Yes, that's a good yeah, plan. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about that just for a second. So education is managed, as we know, by all, each state manages their education independently. So it really depends Some of that is dependent on where you live and what they require. So you would check first what your state requirements are. And you would be surprised, Jenny. Like some, it's kind of crazy. Nothing, you know, little to nothing oversight. Some have a lot more that's required. So you find out those laws and you follow them. But in general, it's still a less time commitment. If you're reaching, the goals, you're fine. Now, high school is a little bit of a different thing because you're doing credits. But before I get there, let's just, you know, kind of focusing on your time commitment. So you find out your laws and you match that. And like I said, you're, most are requiring less time. It's about four hours a day. So that's much easier than what you're already committing now for school. And it doesn't have to be nine to one. You know, it can be three to seven at night. It can be Saturday. You know, you have that flexibility. And I love that being a working mom and and, and honestly, like having that kind of flexibility. And when you were talking about like the co-ops and having a tutor and, you know, because I saw in one of our, our discussions in our community that someone was thinking about like a nanny situation and helping with the homeschool in that way. And so I think that there's a lot of flexibility in that, which is, is really great. Now, can you talk a little bit about 
a co-op and what that looks like and kind of, cause that, that's the other piece of this too, right? Is that there's the educational piece, but then there's that social piece too for our kids. Yeah. So homeschooling is, oh my goodness, it's just grown so much. There are so many options and socialization, let me just tell you right now, is no problem at all. Oh my goodness. If anything, you, you could run yourself ragged with all the things available. Okay. And there are lots of types of co-op type situations. So there can be a co-op that is typically one day a week and often you as a parent participate. Like you might you might teach a class for a period of that. Or other people might teach the class and you pay for it. But it's often, it's called co-op because you sort of are part of it. But there's also what I might call a one-day-a-week or two-day-a-week school where you can drop your children off and they are there for those one or two days and then you pick them up. And then there's online classes where you could you know, they sign up and they participate online in a class. So I would, those are some of the main options. And then as far as other socialization goes, and, and this is, you know, where I'm, I'm thinking, because I've been like trying to strategize and think, how can I make this work for my kids? Right. And so I think about like, well, there's a lot of things that they've maybe wanted to do in the past or I've wanted them to do in the past, but for the sake of sanity and a schedule, it's been a no, (laughs) you know, because it's like, well, we work all day, we go to school and then you want to do all these afternoon or evening activities or weekend activities. And there's just not enough time in the day. So I was thinking, well, if homeschool requires less time, like for them to complete all the assignments, then it might be an opportunity for them to take some of these other classes or get involved in some of these other sporting activities or, or theater or things that they might be interested in doing. Is that pretty common with homeschool? Hey guys, I had to interrupt my interview with Aaron to just remind you of one little thing. Now, while this episode is so great and it's by far, I want to also remind you to just live in the present of where you are. Summertime is a great time to be making memories with your family, with your kids, and I hope that you get our free resources found inside the Your Life Rocks app to help you make the most awesome summer ever. In there, you'll find planning tools, bonus podcast episodes, and a list of tips and ideas to help you make summer magical before, after work, and on the weekends because, let's face it, we all have limited time, but we still have the intention of making summer completely awesome. It's totally a free resource available to you. If you don't yet have the Your Life Rocks app, you can download it inside the App Store in Apple or Google Play. Now, let's get back to my interview with Erin. Is that pretty common with homeschool? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the great advantages, and particularly in high school, because this, your child has more academic skills, right? They can... Mm-hmm complete more of the work on their own. They still need guidance. And I think that's an important thing to say. They still need to be guided. They still need to have accountability because they are all sinners, just so you know. But yes, oh my goodness, that's why I ended up loving high school because my kids did so much. And one thing, for example, my daughter was uh, very much into dance. She did a lot of ballet. And for us, we also had the flexibility, like, we would know that in December she had the nutcracker 
okay? And for them, that was a rehearsal every night and then performances. And my daughter's just a more, like, I don't know if I would say, it's not methodical, but she needs, she's not a busy, busy, busy person, okay? Mm -hmm. So she would not have been able to go up to school all day, rehearse and all to the end of the night and get her homework done. She couldn't have done that. So what we were able to do was we covered the majority of her work from, let's say, September through November, and we knew December, we're taking it way down because the focus is her ballet performance. And that way, she was able to fully engage in it and enjoy it. And seriously, Jenny, there we would see some kids having breakdowns, right? Because of the stress. Oh, yeah. But she was able to really put that first. And then I knew January, February, we're going to be stuck inside. And so we could strengthen some of the academics there if we didn't, you know, keep our pace in December. Or, you know, if we hadn't done enough up till November. So yeah, that was awesome. My boys, oh, we got to do so many great different projects that took a lot of time. My one son is really into videography. And so my husband, we did the same thing, sort of took a month where he and my husband focused on writing a song. They did a a parody. So they took a month to write a parody, do all the storyboarding, film the video, get all his friends together. It was just, it was fabulous. So you really do have the flexibility to manage doing these extra things. And even, like I said, you don't have to teach September through June with all those days. You can break it up. You can, you know, do more here and do less there. So, yeah. And that's what I would think was so cool. Like, as you were talking about Um, you know, going back to the very beginning of the episode and the four different kinds of homeschooling, I was thinking, wow, it could be kind of fun to do like unschooling through the summer to kind of gear up to, you know, doing something that's a little bit more, maybe more structured come the fall. Now, one other thing I want to ask you, and then I'm going to, where I want to kind of bring some organization and some action steps for some people, but talk to me a little bit about the, the Christian aspect and the biblical part of homeschooling. Is there like curriculum out there? Like say, for example, someone wants to follow the Charlotte Mason. Is there like already set curriculum that brings the Bible into that? And how does that kind of flow together? Well, yes. And actually the homeschool movement in the States really was started majority by Christians. So there are lots and lots of Christian curriculum. And some will have, you know, things alongside, and some are really one of the things that I loved about the classical model. If you look at the root of the classical model, it believes that God is in the center. All subjects come from Him. All subjects point to Him, and all subjects are interrelated. That's where we kind of get our name, uni, you know, one verse, one word or university. It all comes from God. And that was one of the things I loved about it was there wasn't all this separation. You know, it wasn't like science was here and English was there, but it all worked together and led you to God because you see his hand in, for example, biology. You know, as you discover the intricacies of everything created, it just points you to him. And you can bring in your 
biblical worldview, so to speak, in everything. Every time you read a book, you can kind of put it through that lens. Well, did this person act, you know, in honoring God or not honoring God? And what happened when they didn't honor God? What happened when they did? So yes, tons. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that has always been like in the back of my head is why I would want to homeschool. And because you start looking at like Christian private schools and it's like, oh my gosh, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of money every single year to be paying yeah. out for that. But then I feel like I spend so much time reviewing different curriculum and the health programs and the way that they talk about sexuality and, you know, all of that and opting my kids in and opting my kids out of different programs that, you know, it's exhausting sometimes. And then to have to deal with a lot of the cultural things that they're exposed to at school and it it is difficult. And so that's always been a driving force for me and wanting to homeschool. But again, it just felt so overwhelming and a little bit like, I don't, there's no way I could possibly do that, but you're making it feel like I, I actually could, which I really appreciate. Well, and, and may I just say, everybody feels like you feel. Everybody says, can I do this? Am I enough? Will my kids be weird? Will I rip them off? Everybody, I asked those questions. And honestly, Jenny, I would Sometimes, you know, I would beg God and I would just think, Lord, am I, am I going to ruin them? You know, what this risk, is it worth it? Um, Can I possibly do it? And I want you to know that God truly empowered me. Jenny, I was not a good student. I have, I graduated from college, but I really don't know how, Um, (laughs) but God has so faithfully walked beside me and empowered me. And I really think it's funny, like I said, that I'm the one speaking with parents and have written this book and all this stuff because I was so unlikely. But the Lord brought the things along the way that I needed. And it's a step-by-step process. And so he will be faithful. He will be faithful. And one of the things I really came to see was that It wasn't me. Like, I always thought, oh, I'm making this decision. I'm choosing to homeschool. God, you better empower me. That's what I used to think. But through a series of events, and I won't go into it here, but I really saw, oh, wow. No, Lord, this was your will for my children. And I am joining you on your plan. And really, he empowered me. And it's a miracle that they graduated and they all went to college. Like, it's amazing. So I just want to put your heart to rest. It is a step of faith, but my guess is there's more to it. It's not just you having an idea. It's God calling because he has an idea. Hmm. That is perfect right there. That's amazing. And I, I hope that that speaks to so many different people. I know it's going to speak to so many different people's hearts because I think that that's where we all are is we've had this seed planted in our heart that this is what we should be doing for our kids. But yet we come up with all of the reasons why it's not going to work. But I feel like everything that you've given us today, Erin, has been so empowering and just has really kind of broken down that mystique around what it is to be a homeschool mom and and really brought some clarity around it. Now, one of the questions that I I also have for you is that you had mentioned earlier, high school is different because there's credits. So up to high school, does that mean that there's more freedom? And then once you get into high school, it's a little bit different? So it's 
more a little bit, let's say, in your record keeping. And when students are younger, again, depending on what your state requires, some people don't even give grades. I always did, but you don't have to. And the flow between public school, let's say, and homeschooling is a lot easier. If you homeschool in the third grade, it's easy to have your student enter the fourth grade, okay, if you wanted to go back to public school, let's say. Once you start in high school, it's not quite as seamless because of credits. And so you have to have so many credits for graduation, and your credits have to be I guess, not accredited, but they have to really reflect a credit, right? You couldn't say, well, we watched five movies on psychology and we're counting that as a psychology class. You have to have more to document or prove that your student actually did something to say they got this credit. And then you also, if you, it's harder to go back and forth if you homeschool high school. Not impossible. I've seen it happen lots of times, but if it were me and I were homeschooling my high school student, I would have communication, I think, with the public school, just what would you, what would you honor as a grade kind of thing if I wanted to, I don't know, have the freedom to put them back in. However, even as I say that, you don't want to homeschool with one foot in homeschooling and one foot in public schooling. That will frustrate you. And so I would be all in. Whatever I did, I'd be all in and trust that if we were going to change, you know, I'd be wise, but I would trust that if we were going to change, that we could figure that out. Now, I just want to say, too, that, you know, dual credit with a college, a community college is also an option. And so let's say you homeschooled ninth and 10th grade, you know, you could do some dual credits with the college and that's another great way. I don't know if that quite answers your question. Yeah, it does. It does. And that's, you know, kind of leads into my next question, which is college, because you've had, Mm -hmm. you know, you've graduated your kids and they've gone on to college. How easy was that for them to get into college? Because that's always been one of the, the cons that I saw is can homeschool kids even get into college? But apparently they can. Oh, and let me tell you, surprisingly, many colleges actually seek homeschooled students. Because, yes, because of the often, you know, if you're homeschooling and you're uh, overseeing your child, they're getting a good education, right? Most parents are uh, then involved. They have a lot more diversity of experience and they tend to do better. Well, yeah, they, they often do well on the standardized tests and stuff. And what I would suggest is, again, this sort of falls to with how you homeschool. And let me just clarify this. In your state, and again, what your regulations are, some people go under an umbrella school. Some people work with the county, if those are options. So sometimes a diploma is issued. Sometimes it's not, and the parent makes the diploma, which is perfectly fine and totally acceptable. But if I were homeschooling, and I knew like my student, my child was interested in certain schools, I would get to know what that school required in ninth and 10th grade, and I would work with them so that my student matched what they wanted. And you'd be surprised how open schools are with that. But everybody I've known, and I've known a ton, because I've spoken all across the country, even 
out of the country at homeschooling events and I know a lot of homeschoolers and I've not known anyone who hasn't gotten into college and very few have not gotten into most of the colleges of their choice, right? I mean, some, you know, not everybody's a good student, you know, they wouldn't be Mm -hmm. good no matter where they went, but oh yeah, everybody I've known has gotten into school. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so encouraging. All right. So Erin, my last question for you, because I feel like everything that you've shared has been just so brilliant. Thank you very much. Now, if someone, after listening to everything you've shared, they're like, okay, I, I, I think I can do this. Like I am right now. I'm like, I feel so mm-hmm. empowered by Erin. I think I can Good. do it. So what would be that first step? Would it be first picking out of those four categories that we had talked? uh, Or is it contacting the school board or the state or like kind of walk us through like a practicality, almost like a checklist? What would we need to do? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I would do, and and I, I know that this is a given, is I would pray and I would ask the Lord for direction and for empowerment because he will do that. Then very practically, I would go to this website, hslda.org. That is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. If you go on there, they bring up, you can check the homeschool laws for every state. So then you go there, you click on your state and find your laws. And once you kind of see what they require, follow that. And so some will say, you know, hand in a form, you have to let your county know. Um, They'll have a few requirements there. And I'd also go onto your state's website. After that, I would begin to look at curriculum. And I wouldn't, I mean, I would look a little bit at the methods, but I'd kind of look at curriculum and see what kind of caught my eye. Now, where would you go to look at the curriculum? Because that's where I feel like it gets overwhelming is because it's like some of them you know, like I started searching a little bit. Now I'm getting all these Facebook ads for all these different websites. And some of them are like hundreds of dollars. And some of them are like, you know, $25 a month. And it's just like, how do you know what to pick? Yeah. And so it is a little bit, and that's where it's a little bit overwhelming, but I would just say start. One, a a great start is also to go to this website. It's called Kathy Duffy, and I think it's .com. But it's Kathy with a C and Duffy, and she reviews a lot of, actually, she reviews all kinds of curriculum. So that would be a good place to start. You could kind of look and get a bit of an overview and then go from there and just start. And I'd start basic, right? Like I'd first kind of look, figure your philosophy. If you're totally into the Charlotte Mason, you know, look on Simply Charlotte Mason, their website. If you're interested in classical education, I would go to classicalconversations.com. They have a program and a co-op and so on, or not co-op, but I don't know what you call it, but they're amazing. And just, yeah, look for your basics, your math, your reading and literature kind of thing, English, and go from there. If your children are young, like if they're under third grade, don't feel the need to, unless your state makes this requirement, don't feel the need to have a curriculum for everything. Really, your math and reading are your core, and then you can have a little bit more flexibility with the others. As far as high school, once you kind of know what credits are required, then start researching those specific things, you know, so something for English, and you could go to, they'll have like ninth grade English, and for your first year, it might be, you might choose something, and as you get comfortable, you might choose something different. And that's okay, if that makes sense. Like you want to just start and start talking to homeschool parents. I'd find a local co-op 
and start making relationships because they'll know. They'll know they'll have a million ideas. <laughs> I love that. That is such a great checklist. Now, the other thing I want to add on that checklist is to visit your website because you have, this is why I, this is speaking to my audience here, you guys, this is why I chose Erin is because when I went to her website, she's one, she's got a YouTube channel full of great videos, but on her website, it really makes things so simple. And I feel like that's what we all need right now is the simple. And you have so many free resources too. So talk to us about the, the PDF tool that you have available on your website. Yeah, it's, is homeschooling right for me? And it asks a number of questions in different kind of categories. It's color-coded. And it just helps you to sort of see, find your reason. What do I identify with? It Would this be a good choice for me? And if so, kind of, like I said, helps you to identify your why, which I think is important. Because like Jenny, just even hearing you, I heard you kind of say, I'd like to explore some of these ideas. Well, if you know that is something important to you, that will help you as you make your next steps, keeping that in the forefront. So I think it will help to identify, like I said, your why and give you confidence that, yes, this is a way that I can do it. I also try to, you know, show that, you know, sometimes it's not the time. And I think we have to honestly respect that too. And then we can rest in that, right? If it's not the time, we can go, it's not the time. And feel good about it. I love it. And then share with us a little bit about your book too, Erin. Yes. And listen, it is called, Yes, You Can Homeschool, The Terrified Parents Companion to Homeschool Success. And in it, really, I just walk through a lot of what we've talked about, but even more in depth. I talk about socialization. I talk about the different styles. I talk about scheduling. I talk about what homeschooling really looks like. And, and I also talk about um, the Lord, really, and how, it's how he showed up some in our life. And the book is not just our homeschool journey. I, there's a lot of research, why it's valuable, what happens, you know, how well homeschoolers have done in college, um, just all the questions. Because like I said, I've spoken for oh, over 10 years, and I really just took what I commonly hear from parents and answered those questions in that book, as well as researched some of the things you even mentioned too, like philosophy and what the public schools, you know, differences that parents need to be aware of. And, and even in there too, there is a checklist in the back. So I love it. I love when you had me at color coded and checklist. Oh my gosh. Well, Erin, it's been such a pleasure talking with you today. I mean, truly, I feel like God orchestrated all of this and bringing you to us. And I just am so thankful. Now with everything that we covered, is there any other parting advice that you would have for moms out there that are feeling called to take this on? I would say begin walking it out. I think a lot of times we stay back, you know, kind of wanting the perfect plan before we start. But I say begin walking and watch what God brings before your path. You don't have to have everything answered right now. You don't even have to have everything answered before you start. But I have found that when you walk out in faith, God meets you. I can't tell you how many times I'd meet a person who would tell me about a book or a class 
or I'd, I'd feel prompted by the Lord to do something and it would be, oh my gosh, there were, you know, three days left to do that. So I would say, just begin walking by faith and God will meet you and he will open the doors or he will close the doors. And then if he opens it, well, either way, if he opens or closes them, trust him and trust that he has your best interest and your child's best interest in mind. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Now, where can people learn more about you? Can they work with you? Like, what would that look like for someone who's like, Erin seems like my kind of gal <laughs> and I need her help. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have our, our website is thehomeeducatedmind.com. So you can go to our website and actually we have our book for, it's a free book offer, but you know, you do pay for uh, shipping and handling and so on, but we don't make any money off it. If you buy it there, you can also buy it at Amazon, but my website, um, you can go to my YouTube channel also called the home educated mind. Well, it's just home educated mind and you can contact me through the website and I do do consulting and I do do tutoring as well. So yes, I, I would love to work with anybody. Oh, and we also have a community, interestingly called the Home Educated Mind. <laughs> I love it. It's very easy to find everything. <laughs> and uh, we have that for parents as well with resources and building a community of home, you know, parents that homeschool. And it is, ours is Christian-based. I love that so much. And we are going to link to everything that Erin was sharing um, in the show description, as well as in our summer lifestyle guide inside the Your Life Rocks app. So if you guys don't have yet the app, make sure that you go and get that because I'm going to be featuring Erin and all of the great things that we covered in this podcast in there as well. So you can get links to all of the websites that she talked about, to all of her things that she offers, and even working with Erin, which I would highly encourage everyone to do. Erin, it has been such a blessing. I can't even tell you how amazing it is that I found you and that you came on the show last minute to serve us in this way. And I, I just feel very highly blessed by everything that you do. So I just thank the Lord for, for you and your life and your inspiration and the light that you're bringing in this world. And I just pray that he continues to bless you and your family in mighty, mighty ways. Thank you. It has truly been my pleasure to Jenny. So thank you so much. I hope that you guys were as blessed by my conversation with Aaron as I was. I mean, I truly feel a lot more empowered and equipped to be able to take on homeschooling if that is something that we choose to do in the fall. And I hope that it is the same for you. Now, like I said, all of the details of what Aaron covered are going to be found inside of our lifestyle guide for our summer edition. And you can find that right inside the Your Life Rocks mobile app. So I hope that you go check it out, grab her book and some of the other free resources that she has and use those things to help guide you through being a homeschool mom if that's what you choose is best for you. Now, next week, we're going to be joined by a fellow working mom who has already gone through the journey of homeschooling. And we're going to be talking about the lessons that she's learned along the way. And she's going to pass on some great wisdom for us who might be considering that. And then we'll be starting our seven-week summer challenge, which I'm so excited. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. So if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, I hope that you do so so you don't miss a single thing that we have coming up for you. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. 
head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.